welcome to the ArchiSpeak podcast, the podcast for architects by architects, where we discuss all things about architecture. I'm Neil Pan. Each episode, Evan Troxel, Cormac Phelan, and me invite you in on the conversation as we talk about everything in the profession, both the good and the bad. Maybe you're considering a career in architecture, you're still in school, or you've been around the block more times than you'd like to admit. Join us in the studio as we gather around the water cooler and talk about this profession we call architecture. It's time for some Arcaspeak. Welcome to episode 67 of the Arcaspeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxel. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And for this episode, we got a, a really great email from uh, Katie Kangas. She had an email that uh, had a, a number of great questions, career-like questions, that uh, some, some really good stuff that we want to get into in this episode. But first, uh, we want to thank our sponsor, returning sponsor, uh, and that is ArcCat. And visit them at arcat.com. And we'll talk more about them in the show. And also, we want to welcome a new sponsor to the show, and that is Nemechek Vectorworks. And they're sponsoring the show in honor of their Vectorworks Design Scholarship, which is now accepting submissions through August 31st. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the details about that. And uh, we're really excited to have them sponsoring the show. So thanks uh, to Vectorworks for sponsoring ArcaSpeak. And next up, I think, is a, we have a friend of the show to announce. That's right. We got a friend of the show, and it is our friend from Twitter, Sharice Lakeside. Peaches. And Sharice uh, is, uh, she, she always uses that hashtag CSI Kraken, mm-hmm. and she's big time CSI and big time into architecture. And she's a great conversation on Twitter all the time. So, Sharice, thank you for being a friend of the show. She donated $25, and uh, she says to read her tweets. And you can follow her on Twitter at Sharice Lakeside. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll have a link to her in the show notes. So, again, thanks for becoming a friend of the show, Sharice. And uh, everybody can become a friend of the show. You can also become a repeat friend of the show by going to arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate. And we love the, the personal attention that you guys give us, and we want to give it back to you on the show by reading your name if, if you want us to. And uh, so any donation over $5 gets your name read on the show and our sincere gratitude. So become a friend of the show today at arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate. So Katie Kangas's email, uh, she wrote to us this week, or this past week, I think it was, and uh, really, you know, a really great email thanking us uh, for the show. Uh, but she's she's got a number of questions talking about uh, uh, finishing up her license is her license or yeah I can't say that word Finish, finishing up getting her license and she's looking for some advice on a number of items about maybe working in multiple firms and you know how do you, talking about how you're choosing choosing a career position so we wanted to get into a little bit of that. Uh, during this episode, so guys, what do you, what do you think about how did, how did you each choose your career position? Not not necessarily like how did you get into architecture, but maybe once you were out of school or just about ready to finish school, how did you guys first approach getting that first job, or maybe after that first job, making a, a decision to go somewhere else? Well, I'll I'll just start off here and say I don't think I did it very well. Mm. <laughs> I think I just kind of <laughs> me too kind of. Like most people, I think we, well, I can't really speak for anybody else. We, I fell into it uh, based on the firm that I went to, to work for because it was the one firm that was near me. Uh, and so, I mean, maybe I'll just leave it at that. And Cormac, you could jump into it here. But I think one, one her question is a good one. It's it's not only like one, when you're finishing your license, and this is a huge goal, you know, once you, once you finish IDP and get licensed, she's wondering what she's going to do next. And, and maybe... You, you don't do anything different next, but it kind of does let you mentally move on to another level or a step in your life and in your career. Uh, and so I think it's a really good question to ask yourself, and I actually think it's a good question to ask yourself fairly often. Um, so I think she, she's wondering if she, if she should choose a niche um, 
and and beyond that you know, like what does all that mean uh you know because i i a lot of times people think that you know once they decide on an answer they have to stick with it for a really long time so well let me throw out a just my own personal experience of how i kind of stumbled into early places of work um because i was kind of weirdly lucky that actually after second year um for some reason i uh, noticed an ad uh, that they were looking for summer interns and normally uh, people don't hire summer interns after their second year because you really don't know much of anything um, and and um, most of our interns that we typically hire are you know closing in on graduations maybe their thesis year and stuff but I uh, went and worked for as a draftsman um, right after second year um, in a firm in Montgomery, Alabama. And, um, you know, the, I got a good taste of different t- uh, project types and, um, and then went to work for another firm. And then, you know, and I, we've talked about this in past ones where I've had, um, you know, I had a, a hiatus of four years that I went and worked for a firm for four years and they did a, a a number of different project types and throughout all of that um i was kind of in my in my mind making kind of a mental rolodex of what i wanted to do career-wise you know what you know did i want to go into residential or commercial and stuff like that and you know kind of the commercial civic side was where i had gravitated towards um and what that also kind of afforded me is we kind of knew when I was going to graduate that we were going to go back to St. Petersburg, Florida. And I kind of targeted a couple of good architecture firms that did, you know, basically recreation civic work and applied, applied to them because I liked their design style. I liked, um, you know, the, their progressive, you know, attitude towards, uh, mentorship and things like that. And so I basically, I, I think I got lucky that they weren't really hiring, but because I had previous experience um, and a lot of previous experience fresh out of school that I was, as, <laughs> as my boss said to me in the interview, um, the only reason we're looking at you is because you actually might be useful when you graduate, <laughs> which was, you know, nice. awesome. Actually, it was great because, uh, and I got to tell you that this guy was uh, probably probably very pivotal in the way that I had viewed my career, um, which in a way also was kind of a roadblock too because he always put um, a huge emphasis on experience and knowledge. And that was that's always been something that I've used as an excuse on why it's taking me so long to, you know, take the AREs. It's because I feel like you have got to be prepared with your experience and knowledge before you take it and, you know, um, have, you know, dragged that whole process on longer than it should have. So I've, I've always kind of been focused, um, early on in, in, in my career, thankfully, because I had interned a lot, um, and it kind of gave me a little bit of a little bit of focus, but well, so for my for myself, early early in my career, right after school, I mean there there weren't any jobs actually. It was the early nineties, and uh, it was very difficult to find a job uh, just because of the economy, similar to the economy we're 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 coming out of now. And um, so it was really kind of take take what you can get. And I fell into. Um, just a, a, a temporary kind of a position at, at a, a small firm that was doing some um, residential development for a couple of uh, developers. And so we were doing houses and that lasted maybe five months. And I got a call from another firm. And I think we've, we've talked a little bit about this before, but uh, this, the, the, uh, you know, it's essentially this other firm offered me benefits and, and kind of the same amount of money, but, but with benefits. So I, I jumped on it. And throughout school, I was, and, and even probably before school, I was like a lot of students. I, I'd read Architecture Record and uh, Progressive Architecture for those of you that, that remember wow. PA Magazine and, and stuff like that. Still got a prized um, issue. 
Sitamaya. Oh, see, there you go. So, um, so anyway, yeah, PA, I think, uh, everybody remembers that, that magazine fondly, but, uh, anyway, I, I looked at all of those and boy, trying to do public buildings or commercial type buildings. And I mean, that was like the dream, right? Everybody wanted to do that stuff. And, uh, it wasn't what I fell into right after school just because of the job market. But once I got into doing residential work and, and I was in a really good firm and I, I was having a great time and I kind of grew to love doing the residential work. And I spent uh, a number of years doing that and have kind of basically that just kind of that's been my career and I've just stayed there. I haven't uh, branched out to go on to do commercial work uh, or uh, the the kind of school work that Evan and Cormac have done or the uh, any of that type of uh, architecture. I just really haven't done that, and and that's you know that's okay. I think I, I it, it was probably a, not so much a conscious decision I was making, but uh, one that I was uh, happy with and I was good at, and I, I've I've enjoyed it. I I don't regret. Uh, not making that decision, um, probably because if I had to go back and uh, you know look at my younger self and and say I probably didn't know. I mean, that's you look at the magazines and you go, wow, okay, that's the type of work I think I'd like to hmm. do. But I don't think you really know until you get out there and you start doing it. And uh, I think once I did get doing it, I was like, oh, I really like doing houses. I love doing the residential side. And uh, the commercial side, of course, comes with uh, a, a many more complications as far as architecture is concerned. And I didn't have to deal with a lot of that stuff when I was doing residential. And uh, I really just found that I didn't like hassling with all of the uh, different code issues and, and things that came with the commercial side. And I was like, well, you know, I, I really like this. So I think it was not so much that I didn't make a conscious decision to say, okay, I, I'm going to do one or the other, but it was more, I fell into it and I enjoyed it and I just stayed there. Uh, but that's not to say that over that time that I didn't change firms. Cause I, I've, I did do that. And, um, you know, maybe we can talk more about, you know, moving around and maybe some reasons why you'd want to do that. But, uh, at least, you know, that's kind of how I fell into doing what I'm doing. One of the things that Katie mentions in her email is that Mark over at Entrepreneur Architect advises to find a firm that does the type of work that you want to do in the future. And I think that's a good start. But more important, way more important than project type is clients, client quality of the clients. Because if you could be doing the type of project that you want to be doing, but it can be completely uninspiring and it can be a client that doesn't view the world the way that you do. There, there can be a very uneven yeah, match. But then there's also, that. you know, and, and we can get into this a little bit further um, when we start talking about working at firms and stuff. But a, a lot of what shapes your desire in in, in the um, maybe maybe not the desire of you know whether you want to be in a niche kind of market or something like that is you know let, let's just say um, you want to do a different you know a project style in your um, or a project type and you you graduated and uh, you know you start working for a firm and it's just not the best of firms and doesn't do the highest of quality and stuff like that. You know I mean? That has a huge impact on sometimes it has a huge positive and or negative impact on what you, where you want your career to go because, you know, just like, well, um, a lot of times, you know, and I've, I've, I've had this experience in the past when I've worked, um, you know, when I was interning and, and things like that, where I would work for a firm that wasn't quite, um, nurturing firm and um it it helped shape where i wanted to work or what i wanted to do um you know it's been i'll say it honestly it's been kind of a hit or miss in um you know throughout the career and in a lot of it you know has been uh you know a, a factor of you know the economy and things like that but um i think i've taken away from every one of my experiences, though, um, a new archetype of 
building or a new building type, not archetype, new building type um, that I've been able to, I won't say master, but it's helped give me, um, you know, it's helped shape uh, my knowledge of, uh, you know, how a building goes together, whether it's a new building or a renovation or historic preservation. Um, And, you know, so a lot of times the direction in your career um, can also be shaped off of, you know, the types of buildings that you do and the types of, uh, you know, um, you know, where you want it to go. I mean, a lot of times everybody wants to just come straight out thinking, Oh, I just want to design. I want to design. And we know <laughs> we've talked about it enough that, you know, design is a small factor in the life of Capital D design. Yeah. Yeah. It's a small <laughs> factor, but you know, one of the things that, uh, I, I want to bring up is that Evan, you mentioned, um, you know, the type of client and stuff sometimes you're not going to know this. You're not, you, you may not know just by looking at their website. I think you can tell by looking at their portfolio sometimes, and then also just talking to people who work there. And there's a lot of ways to do that with before even well, and making what contact, I was going to bring up was that these are questions. These are things that you should be asking during the interview process. If you do get an interview at a firm that you're looking for, that, that looks attractive to you from the outside, these are the types of things. If there are things that you don't know or that we're talking about that uh, that are going to impact your um, your experience at this firm, those are the types of questions you want to be asking during yeah, the interview. Yeah, but well, let me ask you this: um, How do you know what questions of you know the questions that you're you're alluding to? How do you know to ask those questions? when you're fresh out of school or you may have only, you know, may have a few you listen to this podcast. I was going to say, you listen to this podcast, <laughs> well, <sure>. right? <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of good advice out there from people like Mark at entrepreneur architect and, and others that, uh, that'll, that'll help you. And, and, in our own show, uh, cause we've talked about interviewing before, as well. So I think you listen to the advice of the, you know, us and, and somebody like Mark that have gone through the process. And then you talk to your colleagues, right? Just maybe somebody you, if you're just, if you've had a chance to intern, um, you know, talk to, talk to somebody or find a mentor, right? There's lots of ways. I mean, social media is great for that. Uh, like the Arconnect forums, there's all kinds of places. And, and you oh, know, yeah. And, and what's great about today's world um, is that you can, you know, you can do the research on what to look for or, you know, have the access to other professionals and ask them, you know, well, why do you do this? Or, or what do you, you know, what do you think? And stuff like that. Um, whereas back when we were coming out of school and stuff, we, we didn't really have access to it. And a lot of times firms really didn't want to have you talk to their people. Um, so, you know, it was just, you know, that's just the, you know, we just kind of had to stumble into learning what we wanted out of the firm. And that was actually kind of where I was, you know, go, I mean, you know, Katie had mentioned about, you know, um, entrepreneur architects, uh, you know, um, advising them to kind of like f- work for a firm that does the types of projects that you want to do in the future. And I guess my rambling um, earlier was, not quite answering that or, you know, but I was trying to address that you're not really going to know, especially fresh out of school, you're not really going to know um, what you want to do. I mean, you may have an idea of what you want to do, but you're not really going to know until you start gaining experience. And so, you know, say you go and work for, you know, I'm going to go work for Evan and I'm going to, you know, do schools and, you know, maybe the environment's good and it's, you know, a good nurturing environment and stuff, but maybe I just don't want to do schools, but you know, you got to kind of maybe do schools to find out whether or not you want to do them or not. Yeah. So her first question is what's your advice on working multiple firms? Absolutely. Like you, you need to, you, that's what you should be using your internship for. And then even, even beyond that, you want to get out and see what, what the world has to offer you and find out what interests you and explore that process uh, and and once you kind of find out the type of work you want to do, then you can start to look at uh, what you specifically can add to that as far as your role. 
let's do this. Um, let's have a, a quick, short um, sponsor break, and then let's get into um, working at multiple firms because I've got a, a couple of uh, ideas and in, in, in things as well. Okay, sure. Well, all right. Well, first up, we want to really thank Arcat for sponsoring Arcaspeak. And would would you like someone to draw CAD details for you? I know, I know, I would. Um, if if somebody would like to do that for me, I've, <laughs> you know, our, my email address. I think is we on know the somebody who can. Yeah, absolutely. And and create those uh, BIM objects for you. How about maybe writing specs for you? I, I'd I, that would be great too. So, uh, would you like someone maybe to do this all for free? Well, you know what. Our sponsor, RCAT, has already done all of this for you. Search the RCAT libraries for these products and more, free of charge and no registration required to download this content. Awesome deal. I don't, you can't get this anywhere else. So RCAT has created a website that's devoted to you, the architect, the building professional, and to find building products, information fast and hassle-free. So check them out at RCAT today at R-A-R-C-A-T. Com. And once again, we want to really thank our cat for sponsoring and being continued sponsors of the Arca Speak podcast. Thank you guys. Really appreciate it. And and real quick with our cat, I, I bet that you're thinking of a product or you're thinking of an idea that you need to include on the job that you're currently working on. I encourage you guys to just go to ourcat.com and search for it there and see what you can find. Just start with one thing. And uh, it leads you down a path of great information. So highly recommended. We use it all the time. Check it out, arcat.com. All right. So, so Cormac, you, you had some comments on multiple firms. Well, okay. So I, I agree with Evan that an internship is honestly a great place for you to have experiences with multiple different firms and stuff like that. You know, especially, you know, I look at it this way. After your third year in, in school, you should start summer interning. One, because it gives you a leg up when you're getting ready to graduate because now you have probably at least a good two years worth of summer internships um, under your belt. And that looks good to an architecture firm that wants to hire somebody who's graduating and you hear you have a f- Two people who are fresh out of school, one's got experience in a firm and one doesn't. Guess who's going to get the job? Um, But what that also does is that kind of helps you understand the profession. Um, You know, if you, say, intern with two different places um, starting in your third year. And I keep keep going back and doing this because that's what I did, you know, actually after my second right. But, I mean... I don't know. <laughs> always, but anyway, um, but there is kind of, there is this weird little backlash on that. And that is a lot of times, like say later in your career, when you see all of these, you know, different, um, firms that you've worked for, probably unjustly. So people will say, Oh, you, you jump, jump around a lot. And, you know, I think early in your career, um, that that's the time to jump around, to sure. kind of get those experiences. I mean, I am, I, like I said, you know, taking forever to, to get going on um, the ARES and because of, you know, this desire to have a built-in knowledge of, you know, working um knowledge of the profession and stuff. And so I truly believe in experience and, but a lot of times I've heard, um, you know, in interviews and stuff that I've sat in and, uh, they're like, you know, you know, I, I noticed that you've got four firms and, you know, if you clearly identify that these were internships and things like that, um, that helps, but sometimes, you know, people look at it and they, they kind of look down on it. And, and it's, so I, I, where I'm going with is I, I kind of want to get your, both of your in, impressions of, of that, um, kind of uh, take on it. And, and also because, cause it, you know, sometimes it's kind of rough, you know, it's just like, well, you're, you're just jumping around. So how do, how do we know that you're going to be dedicated to us? Well, I've got a, a couple of comments on that. For first off, you could do what I always what I did, which was right out of high school, start working for an architect, <laughs> and uh, and then then after a few years, go go to school and and finish finish college. Uh, that's that's 
not necessarily uh, the the best way, but that's that's kind of what I did. But um, as far as working in multiple firms, I think for um, everything you guys are saying, it's the, it, it is a good thing to do. But you don't want to you want to have good reasons of why you may have worked at these multiple firms. And I think for for others maybe that are not. Um, that have already been in the profession that have bounced around a lot over the last four or five, six years. Uh, I think the excuse there, because I experienced this and I, I, I'm not sure if we've mentioned it during our episode, we talked about interviewing, but my standard response was, Hey, the, the economy, you know, I got laid off because of the economy. And for the most part, everybody, at least in the couple of interviews I've had over the last couple of years or something, or last year, I think I went on a couple uh, just to kind of test the waters, but uh, everybody kind of understood. Okay, yeah. yeah, you know, the economy went down the tubes, and people were shedding good people. I mean, that's that's what happened. They they weren't cutting fat; they were cutting the bone. They were shutting firms down, uh, so everybody was losing their job. It didn't. It's not a a negative reflection upon you. So so depending on where you're at in your career and and where you've been bouncing around uh, for reasons. Uh, either um, that were not your own, but if they are your own, then you all, it, there's not a problem with it. I think it's just you have to have a good reason, and that reason might be uh, that you were willing, you wanted to take an opportunity to learn a different product type. These this firm didn't do that type of product, and you had to go to another firm to get that experience. Um, so I think if you've got a valid reason that is not just nah, I didn't like working there or uh, you know, something frivolous, um, or something maybe not as substantial as of a reason that you'd want to explain to somebody in an interview, you, then you need to be a little more creative about maybe why you left. But, uh, but I think it's, it's doable and it's workable. Um, but I think you guys got it right. I mean, it's good to get those different experiences. And if you can get some of that as an intern or, you know, prior to graduating, or maybe within the first few years, that's the time to do that. And I think that, um, you know, that looking at salary and maybe location are also important factors that come into play when you're looking at different opportunities. And I know that's something that Christy or um, Katie talked about as well. So I want to get a little bit into your opinions on how you make sometimes these decisions. Cause I know I've made a decision to go someplace because of a, a salary and and so, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on that first. Well, real quick, can I, I want to comment on that last yeah. part. Um, I, okay. I don't think that it matters one bit how many different jobs you've had. Um, um, I think what you, what you said, Neil, is right. You've got to have good reasons. But I think if you are doing the intern thing, the reasons are built in um, because you're you're doing it over a specific amount of time and then you're going back to school. I think it's your job during that three months or whatever to impress the pants off of whoever you're working for so that when that next person calls for references, you get the best review possible and says, Oh, they're looking for a job, man. I wanted to hire them. That's, that's really (laughs) what you should be striving for. And, and so it doesn't matter uh, how many different places you've worked out. As far as I'm concerned, that the more experience, the better, because there are so many graduates coming out without any yeah, experience. Yeah. And beyond that, I mean, there are the, the days of the career architect working at one firm their entire life uh, who would be maybe saying that, uh, wow, you sure jump around a lot. I think that those days are numbered. That, that's happening a lot less and less. I mean, not only because of the economy, but just because of how people approach work nowadays. I think there are so many people out there who have changed their mindset and aren't looking for that anymore. They are looking for the multitude of experiences. And I think that that's just becoming more and more common. Oh, I agree with you. And, and, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't probably preface it by saying that I kind of think it's a bogus approach when they do that. Um, because we are always looking for somebody who, you know, has experience. And a lot of times when you're an intern coming out and like I said, you have that kind of weight of this experience that you've had in a firm over somebody who hasn't, you're going to be favored for that job, you know, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you that, you know, um, this is kind of the Kurt flood, you know, occurrence in architecture now where, and yeah, I just did a old baseball reference there because he was the first, uh, free agent, 
um, that basically started jumping from team to team to team to team. And, you know, that, but what he got was experience. And, you know, um, I think that's what's going to help us. I think that's actually what's going to help the profession. Um, cause ultimately, yeah. you know, what we're wanting is we're, you know, we're wanting diverse, diverse experience. Exactly. Damn it. Yep. You said it right before. Hey, I stole those words. <laughs> exactly. out of your You want these. I, I agree with that. And I, my, my, my resume is, is actually pretty long because I, and, and it's not even just architecture, but it's, it's because I started out right out of college interning, like during college and then right out of college got hired at the same firm I'm at now. But in between my two different stints there, I did a bunch of different things. And that is a big positive thing on my resume. And when people see that, they say, you know, one of the reasons we want to talk to you is because of all of these things that are on your resume. It's you you went and did a a diverse thing there. And not too many people do that. A lot of people are looking to stay in the one thing. And so I think there's... There's something to be said, and I know we've talked about this too, um, that, that there's, there's specific expertise and then there's general being, being a really good architect. And the only way to become a good architect, I think, is to actually do all of the things that architects do and become very well-rounded and, and really not try to get pigeonholed into a certain expertise. And so when, when there's people telling you it's time to choose an expertise, I, I kind of, caution against that i think you want to become an architect way before you want to choose an expertise and then even then think about the ramifications of that in your yeah. future okay. because we we need great architects we need people who can mentor the young staff we need people who have the experience to tell people the right way to do things and not be hold off in, in a little world of one specific thing i think that there's a lot of firms out there that do want to pigeonhole you because especially to a larger firm, you're most efficient if you're good at one thing. If you're part of the assembly line. And you're really good at it. Because I'm glad you went there, Neil. Well, yeah, if you're part of the assembly line, right? And it, yeah, it, and so there's this, there's this um, each side is pulling, right? Uh, the firm wants you to be the expert in this one thing, and they want to keep you there. But I think a, a really good firm is one that will help nurture you and give you opportunities if they do have multiple types of uh, project types within the firm that maybe after I mean, they're definitely, I think a good firm will say you need to focus on something for a year or two to kind of learn this and, and become not maybe the expert or the pigeonhole right in that. But I think you need to learn task a before you can jump maybe to task B or get, be given the opportunity to move to a different product type, uh, you need to have that understanding. I think maybe that's where you're going about trying to be well-rounded. You still need to spend some time well, yeah. learning yeah. each facet or different project types and become good at it. So each, so these well, steps are oftentimes, we're not talking weeks or months, and it's usually maybe a two or three years doing something and then maybe getting the opportunity to learn a different portion of architecture and you're going to spend a few more years doing that. I think sometimes we lose a little bit of this perspective on, I I remember back when I was starting, it was like, well, you don't really become a good architect until you're like 50, right? Uh, Or or something like that. Or maybe it was into your forties or something, but shut up. So, uh, but the, I think the point there was architecture takes time to really learn. And, and it's not just you learn it in just a few years and you become the expert um, because it is such uh, there's different product types. Um, you know, I mentioned just uh, earlier the uh, the complications that are involved in doing commercial work or in doing school work. There's a lot of different these you know specialties. And if you're going to get good at each one, it takes years. And so over time, this time builds up. You're not going to be the expert by 30. So, you know, that's, I think, I think a lot of people coming out of school kind of lose that. Uh, they don't, they don't get that because they think that within, you know, a couple of years, I should be the expert. I should be the perfect, you know, I, I know it all. Right. And it's like, no, you don't. And it's going to take a little longer than that, uh, to get there. I, I think rather so than to have some patience, you learning either trying to focus in on a specific style or a specific type of building, 
that really what you should spend your first portion of your career doing is learning how to translate your design to a constructible building and understanding the facets of how all of that stuff goes together. The, you know, you, you got plenty of time in your career. I mean, cause let's be honest. I mean, architects careers aren't short careers. It's not, you know, the 10 year NFL career or the 20 MLB career. It's, you know, you're going to be there probably for like 40 years. I know that sounds sad. You know, you, you, you have life. Yeah. You <laughs> 40 to life. There's the title. 40 to life. Exactly. <laughs> you have sentenced yourself to a life of architecture. And so you will have time to like get to that point where you want to, you know, specialize or, or, you know, find that niche that you want to work in. But really what we're doing, if we're not, if we're jumping around to find a type of building that we want to design, what we're losing, you know, early in our career, what we're losing is stopping and spending enough time on a project to see it all the way through, to be able to understand that, you know, here's how we design. Here's how I take that design into design development into construction documents, into construction administration. Here's how I write the specs and all that other stuff. In learning all of these different facets of how a building goes together, then you start looking for, okay, what do I really want to do? Because really, honestly, as you're building that base of knowledge, You'll be doing a lot of different types of buildings and things like that, and you're going to find what you feel comfortable with or what you really enjoy doing, or, you know, you'll be looking for that next challenge. I I, I have more to say about this, but Neil, do you want to tell us about our new sponsor? Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Nemechek Vectorworks is sponsoring this episode of Arcuspeak. Oh, yeah. What's that? Can I throw something out real quick? Yeah, go right ahead. Vectorworks, located in Columbia, Maryland, which is just up the road from me. Maybe you can arrange a tour. Well, maybe, yeah, you need to go check them out. I don't know. All right. They, I'm going to have to. They know our email address. My new sponsor. They, they know our email address. They'll get in touch with you, and and, uh, and they'll set up a tour, maybe. You know, Neil's awesome. making promises. <laughs> I'm making promises I can't keep. All right. Well, hey, uh, Vectorworks is sponsoring this show, and they have a really cool design scholarship that they are uh, running this summer. So what this is, is the Vectorworks Design Scholarships. This is open to any student. They can win up to $10,000 for tuition, housing, textbooks, and more. So uh, how do you mm. enter? But Yeah. I mean, you nice. You could you could buy a, a lot of Vectorworks licenses for ten thousand. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no. I mean, so anyway. So to enter, enter. All you have to do: students submit their best project. This can be an individual or a group project designed in any software. So if you're out there using something else, that's okay. So submit your best project. Just remember, the submission deadline is August thirty first. And how do you enter? You go to vectorworks.net slash Arcaspeak. So again, that's vectorworks.net slash Arcaspeak. Submit your best project, whatever it is. Could be an individual project, group project, designed in any software for a chance to win $10,000 from Vectorworks. So again, we want to really encourage you to go and uh, enter this um this uh, competition and this scholarship competition. And again, thank Vectorworks for uh, sponsoring this episode of Arcaspeak. And remember, uh, submissions are open until August 31st. So thanks again. Do you think they'll notice if I uh, submit that I'm not a student? I think they will. Damn. I think you, I think you already, you blew it. Yeah. (laughs) And I I would also add to that real quick that, uh, if you're not a student, which a lot of our listeners are not, uh, find a student and tell them about this because yes. ten thousand bucks is no joke. Yep, I'm going to be you know pass it. I think we'll we'll pick up the challenge and um, inform yeah, our uh, our alma maters, and uh, I'll uh, inform some of the local schools here as well. That's a good idea. And I, I think yeah. I think everybody who's listening who isn't a student do the same thing. Send you know send the link off to your. Uh, your alma mater posted on their Facebook page or wherever and uh, let them know. Yep. That's right. I'll get the word out. Vectorworks.net slash Arcaspeak all spelled out.
help the future architects help our future profession. So again, thank Factor Works for sponsoring the this episode of uh, Archispeak. So guys, I want to I want to touch briefly on have you ever made a job decision simply based on logistics? Yes. Or salary and location? Yes. <laughs> yes, me too. I have to. I, yeah, and I've regretted I, it. I, you know what? I actually am in the state of Maryland because of you know, basically financial <laughs> Um, you know, we've, uh, we've talked about these stories before that, you know, I was working for myself and the, uh, recession hit, um, the, I couldn't really stay in Florida because there was no jobs to be had there. And, uh, honestly, um, the firms that I was looking for that were actually hiring, uh, were either out West, um, in like Las Vegas and in Texas and things like that. And didn't really interest me to be in the desert because I've spent enough time in the desert and didn't really want to go back. <laughs> that was a different well, desert. Hopefully the shooting people at are, us. you know, pointing yeah. guns at you there. I don't yeah, know it is architecture you, though. But anyway. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and honestly, you know, we, um, you know, we love the DC area and, and things like that. And, and it seemed interestingly insulated from, uh, what was going on in the rest of the um, architecture and building construction industry. And and uh, there were some opportunities here. And, and we honestly moved to our family to a place where we knew no one. We have no family. We basically split the distance between our family up in the Midwest and our family down in Florida. And um, found a place in the middle. And uh, we've been here for seven years now. So, so what about, what about, have you, have you had to make that decision, say maybe in, in not so desperate of times? I mean, I think it's, it's pretty clear that in the last five or six, seven years, you know, when things were tougher, you, you took a job maybe for that salary or, lo, you know, based in the location. But I mean, what if, what if, to, you know, I mean, times are getting better now. And so, uh, people are looking for people, firms are looking for people. So what about maybe taking that job just because they're offering you some more money than say where you're at now? Well, I mean, honestly, it happened once I moved up here. Um, I worked for a firm and it was a good firm, good design firm. Um, but it was too far away. I mean, I was yeah. stuck in traffic and commuting basically two hours each way. Um, and it was, you know, tough on having, uh, young kids that had to basically tape a picture of me to their pillow to remember what I looked like and, um, play the sad music. Yeah. The sad trombone music. Is it trombone music? Really? No, I'm sorry. That's the wrong thing. (laughs) Evan will cut that out. No, he won't. Yes. No, he won't. Yeah, I'm sure (laughs) I will. Uh, but, uh, you know, in, you. in, in honestly, um, I, I found a place that was doing very similar work. Um, and, uh, you know, with, with the same clients and, uh, I moved, um, I moved jobs in, in times were getting better and I moved jobs because of the convenience of the location I was getting, and I was being offered a little bit better salary and, um, you know, and it, it, but it made sense, you know, to kind of move. I wasn't just doing a lateral jump just because I didn't like the place, but it made sense, you know, for, you know, my own kind of like well-being and, and just it life work balance. Um, yeah. If, if I could go back and like tell my younger self things to look for in a position at a firm, I, I think there'd be a few things one because you you touched on it earlier both you guys said you know this it, it is architecture it is hard and and it is and so you've got to like what you're doing and there are some key ingredients to that and so i brought up clients earlier but if if you can work in a place where the the people working on the projects love their clients that's a big yeah. plus yeah. right that right there makes going home at night, uh, and, and, and not hitting your job so much easier. Um, and so there, there's that part. The second part is the leadership of the firm. What, what's it like to actually work for people in the firm? Are they mentoring or are you just a piece of the assembly line? 
are you working in a team or are you working on the same monotony day after day and you're not really learning anything you're just being the robot i think all of these things are are key components to overall satisfaction in your job um i think that that money and proximity to home are huge i, I when i worked at hmc where i'm now previously i helped them start an office in pasadena and so I was commuting, and it's not very far, but man, the traffic was terrible. It was before one of the the newer freeways opened up, and so it was another four to five hours a day of of traffic, and there was no public transportation that I could take to get there. So it was it was just time lost, right? It was like working an additional four or five hours a day, and it just wears you down over time. And it, if if there's one thing that really stands out to me is is when i go home and i'm energized that is a big deal Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. that right there is like a huge piece of of being happy where you work if you go home and you are drained and you dread going there the next day um those are the types of things that are the red flags right and and that's when you know that that okay it's, it's just not a good fit and that's okay i think a lot of people have this stigma that uh, you, like architecture school, you have to stick through it. You have to finish all the way to the end. But there is no end. You, you define when that is. It's a professor is not, or a school system is not defining that for you anymore. Um, so you've got to make that decision that if it's not the right fit, then it's not. It's probably not the right fit for them or for you. Right. And so that is a good time to start looking for something else. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things as you start kind of moving up in your career and, you know, you've got a little little bit more experience and, you know, say you're in that situation where, um, you're not really liking where you are and stuff like that. And you move on, you know, one of the, you know, where you're always expected to ask questions in that interview. And in one of the uh, questions that, you know, I've, I've been asking, you know, um, when I, if I've moved from, you know, a firm to a firm is, uh, ask them, you know, h- how long they've been there. The I, I ask the interviewer, how long have you been there and why? Why have you been there this long? You know, they say, oh, I've been here for, you know, just like two years. And, you know, I, I wouldn't really get a sense of understanding on why, you know, the firm is really what it is, you know, off of somebody who's only been there for a little while. But, you know, if you're talking to somebody and it's like, oh, I've been here for, you know, about 17 years, then you can start to really kind of delve into picking their brains as to why have they been there for 17 years? Because if you think about it, I mean, you know, a lot of times when you're looking at resumes and you see, you know, like, three years here, four years there, a year here, year there kind of thing. Sometimes, yeah, you can blame the economy. And sometimes, you know, maybe it's just not the right fit. So, but if you see somebody who's, you know, been there for a while and you can really try to find out why they've been there and why it's been such a good fit for them. Um, and Talking about it, you can find out, you know, from them if you feel like it's something that aligns with your ideals and your, you know, what you're looking for. Um, and it gives it, it'll shed a lot more light on, you know, what that firm's about, you know. And, uh, and I think, um, you know, the developing a sense, a, a list of questions. Um, to ask the interviewer, not necessarily about, you know, well, what are you going to expect from me, you know, kind of things and stuff like that. But that's your opportunity to really learn about the culture of the place that you're going to go work at. And it's, you know, I'm saying that as, you know, somebody who's experienced and have been, you know, in the profession for a while, but this also somebody, you know, it's also good for somebody coming straight out of school who's trying to develop an ideal vision of what, of, of a place to work and, um, to ask those questions, to learn about the culture, to learn about, you know, 
What do they do for professional development? What do they do for, you know, are there extracurricular activities that they do for team building? You know, things like that to find out what kind of importance they place on collaboration and team building and professional development. Not only the investment that they're expecting you to give the firm, but you're trying to figure out what kind of investment they're going to give to you. So that brings up a question, you know, if, as the market's gotten better, uh, can can architects really afford to to dream? I think, and I think what this question really uh, is about is, can you afford to go maybe look somewhere like your dream job or something? Uh, can you afford to do that when times are better? My answer, my quick answer is, yeah, I think you can. That's the time to do it. Oh, well, I think that's actually the yeah. time to do it because, you know, a lot of times people will make a decision and pick a job that um, is a paycheck. And, um, you know, you know and, and it may not be their dream job or something like that. And they may, you know, try to do the best that they can. And, you know, it might not be a fit. But then you also know that, you know, because the economy's tight, you know, you should just probably buckle down and, and hold that job for a while and and um, wait for the economy to get better to then, you know, and, and at the same time, you're also building your, you know, your um, experience level. You're, you're um, filling your kit of parts with or your, your toolbox with a bunch of different um, experiences. And, and no matter how good, bad, or indifferent a job is, you're always going to be gaining some experience that's going to be a positive um, for your own personal development or your professional development. Well, I think that, that goes to how you figure out how to, uh, you know, as she, as she put it, uh, equipping yourself, right. To, to make that right, transition. Right. So each, right. each time you're maybe at that firm, like you're saying, it's like you're, you're building tools and not only just maybe those tools, but I think you're building relationships even with people that are there or maybe the clients that you're exposed to. And those and, are you know, important and, relationships to have at the next job or maybe the and, job and after that. Right. Or, you know, and, to, and this is the this is the opportunity to take some time to work on your your weaknesses. You know, say you're not a very good, um, you know, public speaker and you don't like uh, giving presentations or things like that. Well, you know, since you know that that's going to be at the core of your of your profession is public speaking and presentation because you've got clients and and you've got to present to them. Um that's the time to take, you know, that that's the time to build on, you know, a lot of your weaknesses and things like that. Um, so yeah. Um, what was the specific question you were asking, Neil? Well, I, I think, you no, know, I ramble go going out and uh, can you afford to dream? I think that's the, yeah, the core of it. Right. I think this is the time to do it. And we're not the only ones saying that. I mean, there's a lot of people talking about how it's the employees market right it, now. Oh, I mean, there's firms are having a very hard time filling yes. positions with yeah, quality yeah, people. Yeah. And I think uh, the second part of that was these different experiences that you get. This is this is how you equip yourself to make these transitions to other parts of the profession or say other firms is the things that you pick up while you're there, right. you know. I can just also add to that that uh, just be willing to try just right. about anything. I mean, that really, I think, just having that attitude that you'll try it, you'll take it on, that you will do your absolute best, and you will learn what it takes to do what you've been asked to do. Um, oh, yeah. Just that attitude is huge part of of the perception that you're going to create for yourself within the office and the people that you work with. That attitude is so important. I mean, if for anyone that, uh, I mean, speaking of somebody who's had groups of people working for them, uh, it's always that person that is the, I will take care of that for you sort of attitude yeah, right. is such a huge help as a job captain yeah. or a project manager. And you've got somebody helping you on a project. It's like, no, I'll take care of that for you, Neil. Um, you know, and, and, or not even, or not telling even telling you, you that, right. It's like, it. I it's think done. Oh, look, it's already done. If somebody, and this word comes up in my thinking a lot, it's just anticipation, right? If, if they're anticipating issues or, um, just trying to, to plug 
certain things in a certain order over a timeline in and and you can anticipate what needs to happen when for the puzzle to go together seamlessly those are the types of people who really stand out absolutely yeah because those are the people that tell me uh that okay they're they want to learn there and they're trying hard and the next time i need something done or for instance a, a small example of when um sometimes uh, working on some of these residential projects, you know, maybe not everything is exactly, f- you know, figured out. And so as you're solving problems uh, throughout the construction drawing process, um, or if there might be a little design opportunity, and, and it's like, you know, I don't, I don't have time maybe to deal with it, but that one person who's really standing up uh, has built some confidence with me. It's like, though, that's my opportunity to do a little development with professional development. Okay, here, you you try and go solve this problem. You come up with a design solution for it and kind of, you know, it's kind of the carrot and not necessarily the stick, but here's the carrot. It's like, okay, now you've shown me something. So now I'm going to give you some more opportunity. And that's how, that's how you, you know, you develop your people in your office. And, uh, I think that's, that provides a very healthy working environment. And that's the kind of environment that, uh, a is you as the uh, employee want to have and be given, and then B is the employer. That's what you want to do for for your employees. Um, I think that yeah, just, that makes it a fun environment to be in. And just think, how can you make things easier for everybody else? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's the key, right? That's huge. You know, we had the uh, the old adage in the army of you know never volunteer. <laughs> um, and ever in ever since I've been in architecture. It's just the opposite. Um, and the reason why I, I volunteer somewhat masochistically um, is um, that it's always usually those volunteer opportunities that I have, you know, whether it's, you know, helping out on, you know, pulling together presentation material or helping, you know, do this or that or whatever. Um, it's it's developing that um that equipment that, you know, that, that experience that, um, you know, is going to be that, that, um, positive stuff that you're going to be able to take forward to, you know, the next job or, or even within the job that you've got, you know, it's, it's the way to, um, develop your skills a lot more by trying to do other things. And you may not be, you know, the best at it when you first do it, but, you know, um, you know, that's the first step in trying to learn how to do something and master something. Um, so never be afraid, you know, point being is never really be afraid to volunteer for something. Sure. You're probably going to regret it at the time. You know, it's, Oh, you know, I thought it was only going to be an hour and it ended up being like five hours. Well, you know, sometimes that happens, but think about it in the positive aspect is what you're learning, what, what skills are you gaining? You know, what, what will you be able to put in your, you know, utility belt? I, I think it's also figuring out what you're, what you really don't like. Right, right. In because a- it's, and that's okay. I think a lot of people also think that they have to like to do everything. And I mean, you know, the reason that I do design is because I, well, one of the reasons I do design is because it, it, I, it's my passion. It's what gets my, my blood flowing, especially when I'm at work, uh, but but it's also the other side of that coin is what I really don't like. And I, I don't want to manage projects. I don't want to manage time and I don't want to manage, like, I don't want to get into that stuff because that's not where my skills lie. And I want to be useful. I want to be used for where my talents are and for what I'm really good at. And so there isn't, it's really difficult. And, and if Neil, you know this because you, you have to do it all right. Yeah. But there are things that you hate doing. And there are things that you love to do. And the goal for me is to be doing the things that I love to do throughout the day and not the things that I don't. Well, I love to yeah, do it all, the, damn it. <laughs> uh, so it's one of the challenges of being a sole proprietor is, yes, you have to uh, wear many hats. But, uh, you know, it's, it's it's an interesting process, that's for sure. They usually have an A on them or A apostrophe S and... You always get your heart broken at the end of the baseball season. Oh, wait, no, we're talking about something different. What? Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> not bring up baseball right now as we just traded our three-time all-star pitcher mm. But today. Anyway. Don't lose uh, heaven on this. 
Yeah, we let's <laughs> yeah. not go there. Let's I'm not, yeah, sports. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I think I think we've really hit a lot of uh, the questions. I think that uh, Katie brought up in her email, and I just want to yeah, really thank her for sending letter. that. Uh, that was. It's, we really enjoy uh, getting a the, the the comments and uh, and b you know if we can uh, help uh, by by sharing our experience that's that's really kind of the goal of the show here so we really appreciate Katie for reaching out to us and uh, for really helping us uh, you know really generate the the topic for this show so thank you very much for for her for doing that. And also, too, if you'd like to uh, contact the show um, and leave us some questions like this or some comments, um, visit the website, arcaspeakpodcast.com. And you can also find links to our individual Twitter accounts there and also to the Arcaspeak Podcast Facebook page, which has really been jumping uh, recently. We've been getting a lot of likes on that page, so uh, I've been trying to do some more posts uh, to that page. So, uh, if you'd like to engage with us there, you can certainly, um, uh, comment on, on anything we post there too. So, uh, and then don't forget, we do have, uh, our phone line 415-484-8496 and, and you can reach me. You'll go straight to my voicemail. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, go ahead and give that number a call if you would like to leave us a voicemail. And then uh, hopefully Skype won't, uh, or not Skype, but Google won't uh, completely mangle it. And we can maybe even use it on the show. We've, we've done that before. We, we enjoy doing that. If you uh, would like to give us a comment and or question uh, on the show. And real quick, back to Katie. Um, she has passed six of her tests. So good luck on your seventh. And uh, let us know. Let us know when you pass it, and we'll uh, yeah, that's awesome. give you a, a big shout out for it. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. And and also, let's not forget. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, thanks uh, goes out to Arcat. Visit them at arcat.com. And also, our new uh, newest sponsor, Vectorworks. Uh, and go check out their Vectorworks Design Scholarship now. Accepting submissions through August thirty first. Enter at vectorworks.net slash arcaspeak. So uh, let's uh, let's get a lot of people using that so they can uh, they know that they're all coming from us. So and don't forget our challenge. Everybody who's listening, share that uh, that link with all of your alma maters and share it with any other architecture school that you can think of. Just send it to them, bombard them with it, so that you can get uh, the word out and people can. Um, Submit for the uh, ten thousand uh, dollar challenge. There, it would be awesome for an Arcaspeak listener to win. Oh absolutely, my God, absolutely, yeah. So that's our challenge to you guys. And if you win, and you are an Arcaspeak listener, let us know. Definitely. Well, thanks uh, for to both of our sponsors. We really appreciate that. And also, lastly, if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review on iTunes. That really helps get the word out about the show and. Uh, so we really appreciate those, and we love the comments we get on that, too. So, all right, guys, I think that's it. All right, thanks. Thank you. Good night.
What'd you come back to do? What'd you come back to do? 